Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Standoff here, Season 1, Episode 12 uh, of your Rugby League show. And tonight we've got a lot of interesting news to get through and a lot of uh, games to get through on the weekend, which are fantastic uh, to see. And I'll now introduce my fellow league enthusiast, Brad Inger, who joins me every Wednesday here at 8pm. Good evening, Brad. Good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to all our listeners. There were some really good tight games this week, and I look forward to talking about them. Yeah, like obviously, I think for the first time this season we've seen, um, you know, you can go back to the old saying, I guess, uh, you know, any team can beat any other team. And I think we saw a little bit of that um, on the weekend. Um, obviously, the pace of the game has changed this season, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later. Um, Brad, we're here, we're here every Wednesday, but our listeners can also catch us below by our podcast. That's right. They can uh, see us on iHeartRadio. Just remember to look for uh, New Zealand Sport Radio. Fantastic. And... We've got some exciting news this week, and we'll cover all of that. We'll cover off round 13. Um, uh, sorry, we'll cover off round 14, uh, and, and we'll have a look at round 15 as well with our picks thrown in there to keep you updated on where we stand on those. Um, we'll also update you on the women's game and the um, news from the Super League in the United Kingdom. So in saying that, let's crack into the top stories of the week, Brad. Yeah, definitely. I think first story would be um, the NRL forcing the Warriors to drop the Vodafone is the naming rights sponsor after 22 years. As we know, in recent developments, um, Telstra have actually backed down on this now and uh, allowing the Warriors to keep the Vodafone naming rights um, at least until the end of their um, current contract, which is two years. Um, so what were your thoughts on it? Oh, yeah. At first, when I um, I thought the timing couldn't have been um, could, could have been a lot better. I think it was a, you know, a pretty dire time to address this kind of thing, particularly after COVID-19 and the current state of the game, um, which is, you know, the, the game itself is in good stead, but obviously numbers um, limited, therefore financially, um, the clubs are suffering. So I thought that it was a pretty poor time to address it. However, um, I didn't know that after they've addressed it, you've said that now the Warriors have got two more years uh, to use the Vodafone um, branding and the Vodafone as a sponsor. That's what I believe, yeah. They, um, Vodafone still had two years left on the contract. And um, from what I've seen from Telstra, they said they're they're um, more than welcome to to keep that contract going. So in two years' time, I believe Telstra's contract's up at that time. So I assume once they're both up, I think Telstra will probably say no from now on. It's done. But right. two years away still gives you time to prepare and plan, as opposed to saying in a couple of months you're gone. Yes, well, at this stage, I think it was planned for the end of the season. So um, now that we've got that extra two years, um, that's something for the Warriors to not have to worry about at the moment. They've got a rebuilding phase going on at the moment and you know, have got some heavy personnel coming over and we just need to be able to concentrate on the football. So, um, yeah, look, um, another news this week, obviously the Broncos fined $140,000 for their breach of the um, COVID restrictions. Um, and, yeah, that was uh, quite a hefty fine considering what's going on at that club at the moment, Brad. Yeah, so um, it was a bit weird because last week they um, announced that they were cleared of any wrongdoings, and then this week they get fined 140 grand. So I don't know if more information came to light or or what have you, but um, that's a pretty pretty big 
um, find there. And yeah, it's not really the Broncos' year, is it? Um, but hopefully they learn their lesson and they, they stop skipping out. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's going from bad to worse for the Broncos, unfortunately. It's like you say, it's not their season. Um, they're destined to perhaps get the wooden spoon at the back end of this one as well. And we'll have a look at the ladder a little bit later on. But um, unfortunately for the Broncos, um, another, another, you know, really disappointing um, aspect to their whole club, really, um, in 2020. So let's see what happens um, going forward. But SBW returning to the Roosters, returning to training this weekend, uh, apparently just, um, yeah, was looking all cut and looking all ready to go and everyone's all quite impressed and we're going to see Sonny Bill man of the match in his first game back by the sounds of things. Yeah, um, I think they're pretty happy, um, but I think they've been smart by not rushing them back into the side. Like, I know the Roosters have got a lot of injuries right now, but you, you don't need to um, just rush them back just for the sake of it. I think give them a few more weeks in training and I, I, see, I reckon you'll see them probably the last three rounds before playoffs because they're obviously going to be in the playoff contention. So yeah, I'd, um, be putting him, I'd be putting him out there this weekend if he's available, to be perfectly honest. Honestly, 30 minutes of Sunday Bill out there on the weekend, they'll work wonders for this Roosters team that is hampered by injuries. We'll cover that off a little bit later as well. But, um, I mean, Sunday's ready to go, man. Why would you hold him back? He's he's not as young as what he used to be, obviously. He wants to play. Let him play. He'll go out there and make a difference. I reckon put him on the field, man. See what, see what you can do on the weekend. That'd be awesome. They they haven't listened to you this week, but maybe they'll listen to you for next week. Um, you never know. Also, um, going back to our Warriors again, um, there's actually been some identity theft in um, the Central Coast, where um, basically, as we've got into the COVID lockdown in Auckland again here, um, where you have to sign in everywhere you go, there's been people signing Warriors names at the bars they've been going to, and reporting Warriors players are out on the piss. Um, oh, that's, a, that's a very huge allegation for people to be making. So so there's people actually going out there and pretending to be the Vodafone Warriors and getting on the piss hard at these establishments. Yeah. Why, and the why NRL, would they do that? No one seems to know why, but the NRL and the Warriors have done their own separate investigations on it to make sure that the boys aren't actually skipping out. And... Um, They've they've all been cleared, and um, I think there was a story. One of the wives, they didn't say whose wife, um, was at one of these bars um, during the day and saw her husband's name there, saying that they were there at the same time type deal, and that he wasn't there. So um, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there, but it's a bit more of a it's it's not a it's not a good news story, but it's a bit more lighthearted due to the fact that the Warriors haven't been in the wrong in this scenario, thankfully. No, that's good. I mean, I'm glad that those allegations are false. And, um, you know, I mean, it's a pretty pretty good club in that respect. Uh, they're, they're pretty well disciplined, to be fair. They've had the odd hiccup here or there, but nothing to suggest that they would be going out um, to bars and getting highly intoxicated when you're basically putting others at risk during this COVID period. So, no, I, I'm glad to see that knocked out of the water. But um, in other news, we've got uh, Kevin Proctor having a bit of a bite this week. Um, yes, just a nibble. Um, just a little bit of a nibble, costing him four weeks, as you say. So, um, Kevin, yeah, uh, guilty or innocent, Brad? I, I'm on the fence. Um, I, I don't believe he, he actually did the biting action, but the footage that they show you, you can definitely argue that he did as well. So well, it's what, unfortunate. What kind of footage, what footage are you talking about? To be honest, all I have seen is a couple of, a couple of slides where his mouth is open and his teeth are exposed. And they are on the arm of Sean Johnson. Yes, you don't that's see. Bite, that's that. Is that a bite, really? In the if you, okay, we always we always watch these things in super slow mo. If you watch that at normal speed, is that a bite or is that a forearm going past the teeth area? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not defending it. All I'm saying is, I don't know. Like you got to look at his record: 250 games, one incident um, in front of the judiciary, and all that time. He's not a dirty player. He's the captain. He's the leader of the side. He's saying he didn't do it. Johnson is basically saying he didn't do it. Not in those words. I think that yeah, it's um, to be done for four weeks. Could be looking, could be looking pretty hard done by, and um, bit of a blemish on the old um, CV there for Kevin Proctor, who has been doing some pretty good things leading this um, Titans group. Um, and you know, you'd hope to think that he'd be the captain next year because um, they've got some big artillery coming, and you know, he wants to be um, part of the winning side. I'm sure. 
Yeah, the um, the Titans seem interested to re-sign him, which is good for him. And um, I think he'll do well in that team. I saw on the little note that we had there about teeth marks on the arm. There was apparently uh, Perinara identified there was red marks on the arm. But at the end of the game, Sean Johnson refused to have his arm photographed. So even when they were punishing him, they didn't have that as evidence. So... Oh yeah, Sean. He was um he was defending it pretty stoutly in the interviews after the match. But um I think yeah, for Perinara to see red scuff marks during the game and maybe the 60th minute fast pace, you know, gentleman running around one little red mark here or there, I think that he'd be seeing red dots everywhere. To be honest, if he's going to look at those, so I I don't think he can read too much into that. Anyway, it's done. He's got four weeks, so um he'll come back for the last couple of rounds for the Titans, and 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 basically that will be his season. Hopefully, he's done enough to um put himself into a Kiwis jersey if and when we see international football return. We'll keep you updated, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us this evening. Um, also, we've got the Panthers uh, looking to rewrite history books, trying to go 10 straight uh, on target for that. They've set a new club record at the weekend, a 50-year club record of nine victories on the trot. Fantastic performance from them, Ivan and Nathan. The Clary's really um, taking their club to all all levels this year, Brad. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... Um... A great record for them to have i i don't think they should have got the ninth win but um they got it and i'm pretty confident they'll get their 10th this week and um i think the storm are actually up to their eighth win in a row at the moment too so yeah, there's a few seventh. teams getting seventh so eighth this week so um there's a few teams some, having a good run there are a few teams having a good run and we'll cover that off um in the preview of round 14 in a little bit um obviously we have desi hasler um, on the weekend, throwing spanners um, at the press. And basically, he was basically um, a man who was very, very much boiling in the inside, didn't ex didn't express that, but um, he almost copped himself a little bit of a fine as well, I would say, um, having, he, a, yeah. having a bit of a go. He, um, I think he's found the cheat because they haven't fined him at all. And he basically was very close to saying what Ivan did. He just said it in a cheeky way. Um, yeah which seem might be the heck if you're just saying you're having a bit of a laugh they might let you off, let you off so we might see a lot more coaches try that i think they're awfully sensitive of um what is said to um and um said about referees after the game i mean the, the public can see it in plain sight what what goes on so you know the coaches i mean they have to be very tight-lipped i do agree but I think that there should be a little bit of expression allowed in terms of how they feel the, the match was refereed and if it was refereed poorly well, I think a coach should be able to come out and say that. Um, but, yeah, I guess um, there's always going to be a bit of bias one way, depending on which side of the fence you're on. Um, we, we did see for the first time this season, though, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that, you know, it was a really tight round and uh, there was only two real disappointing games, uh, being the Broncos getting thrashed and the other game, of course, on Thursday night, the Roosters going down, a depleted Roosters going down to the Storm. Very, very interesting um, outcome to that one. Not many would have predicted it. I certainly didn't. But the Storm are now looking um, as, as as hot a favourites as anyone for that second place, Brad. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, they Storm won 24 to 6. And, um, yeah, I didn't I, – I thought it was going to be close, but I didn't think it was going to be um, a runaway like that, especially when the Storm don't have some of their key players as well. I know everyone's talking about the Roosters right now, but um, – I picked the Roosters solely on the fact that Cameron Smith and Cameron Munster weren't there for the Storm. And um, they looked like they had no worries at all without them. Yeah, this is the depth of um, the Melbourne Storm and uh, Craig Bellamy and his, his lads. You know, they're, they're very, um, very, very strong and disciplined rugby league outfit. We know that. But they've also got depth, which carries them through these tough times. You know, they were, um, you know, not struggling one iota without the likes of... Um, you know, a Munster and Smith. Now, Munster even joked uh, on on the, uh, on the league show the other day that I was watching. Um, he, he said he's got to go out and find a new club soon because, um, you know, they just had a fantastic game on the weekend. Uh, and uh, Jerome Hughes as well, a former fullback who was basically almost near the end of his playing career, it would have um, seemed to a lot of people. He actually came out and had a blinder at halfback. Uh, and, you know, it's taken this side to another level having those kind of reserves. We've still got Brandon Smith, I think, um, was playing on the weekend. Um, but what was it? Was Brandon Smith playing on the weekend, Brad? He was, yeah. He had a really good game. So, I mean, like, yeah, he, he was definitely um, another a person who is looking at going to the Tigers, uh, incidentally. So, 
got to keep holding on to him for that depth to be um, you know, continuing. So, yeah, um, I think that the Melbourne Storm, they're, they're definitely going to be there or thereabouts come uh, the finals. Yeah, I think the Roosters, um, as bad as it is right now, I think um, they're still in for a chance. Once they get those players back, it's going to be towards the end of the end of the, the rounds and um, heading into playoffs. Sonny Bill, as we've already mentioned, will be there as well. They've got a lot of talent, so it's it's not the end for the Roosters. It was just a little bit of a hiccup, I think. Um, they made a few too many errors. Yeah, I think um, the Roosters, they, they are lacking a little bit of that firepower up front, however. I mean, they've got Daniel Tupo, Warrior Hargraves back soon with Sonny Bill, Brett Morris and Angus Crichton to follow. So they've got some big stock um, to come through. So I think that they will be fine around that finals time. And, uh, and of course, there have been a few players that have been rested in recent times. I know that Kerry's now got the injury, so there's going to have to be a bit of a spotlight on that. But I think that they will still be um, here or thereabouts come the finals. Um, Storm looked and looked great though. Uh, you know, can't deny them from thundering on into the final series, Brad. Definitely, yeah. I think um, they're definitely going to have a, a a good run at it. I think um, it could be. I one of these teams could possibly be in there against the Panthers in the final. I believe. And that leads us on, ladies and gentlemen, to Friday night, where we had the Warriors unfortunately going down to the Panthers in a very close encounter, one which I felt deserved a lot more attention than it has been given since that time. Warriors going down 18 points to 12, Brad, in what was a very, very um, gritty performance in pretty um, poor conditions, but it was a pretty pretty good pretty good performance from the um, Panthers to, to edge out the Warriors in this one, to be fair. Yeah, I... Um... I thought I was going to get the upset when you bullied me into changing my picks last week and um, I had to back the Warriors. Um, you were close. You were close. I'll give you that. I was I was very close. Um, I think they were a bit hard done by the Warriors. There was um, two moments in the game which I think the calls were incorrect. Um, Hiku's foot on the line um, when they said that he it was another set for uh, the Panthers and also um, Hiku again because he likes to get himself in, in the mix. Um, when Stephen Crichton intercepted his um, pass when it looked like the Warriors were going to go over in the corner again, Crichton was actually about a metre and a half offside. So um, yes, I, did, I, did, I did notice that, and um, I thought, well, you know, they've missed another call there. Um, and those are those, like, desperate type of calls that you need in a rugby league game like this one where it's so close. It was a very, very good performance, I felt, from the Vodafone Warriors as well. Oh, definitely. Um, I think um, Todd Payton said it best when he said that he um, was impressed with the effort but disappointed in the result. So I, I think that's the right way to, to be right now. You you can't um, – this Panthers team has been um, making games look like training runs the last few weeks. So the fact that the Warriors, who myself included when the season started um, with them all over in Australia, basically – they were written off and uh, by this time of the year they'd be just getting hammered and looking at getting on a plane to come home so they've found some some grit whether that's through Peyton or just being in camp together I'm not sure what but um it's definitely it's making, of, yeah. yeah and I think it's it's definitely um something that I hope they keep on to for next season because I, I think, think they'll, so. they'll, they'll be competitive next year if they do that yeah, I think um, with the news that, um, you know, Phil Gild and Nathan Brown coming over and, um, you know, obviously Kearney's been moved on, Peyton's been the interim coach. You know, the Warriors are trying to go forward. They've got a couple of signings under their belt now for next year. So they're also looking for the future. But I think that they also are starting to believe that they can beat some of these top teams. And, you know, to be honest, I think that they can. I mean, if you have a look at the last four weeks, um, they've actually beaten They've beat they've won two games and they've lost two to the Roosters and the Panthers. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty hard to you know say that they're not playing some good football over this last four four weeks or so. Okay, I can't say that they've been playing the best throughout the season, but um, look, they could have been getting pants last weekend and the weekend before, and just like you say, getting really top onto a plane. But this club's made a little bit. This club has made a little bit more gusto than that, and I'm I'm pretty disappointed for them to be honest and in the sense that on the weekend they had a pretty good performance and uh, it wasn't even hailed by the Australian media media that much. Um, yes, there were a number of great games on the weekend that deserved airtime, but I felt that the Warriors game was a really, really good game of rugby league. Um, it's one that they almost stole from you know, the number one Panthers who were who eight on the trot. So, yeah, pretty disappointed. Brad, what were your thoughts about that? Yeah, I was a bit disappointed with it too, actually. Um, 
when the big league wrap, um, I watch it every week, they got to the game. It was about a two-minute piece about the whole game, and about 30 seconds of it was about the Warriors. And I think only one was, sentence, to be precise, was about um, the Warriors, and that was when Michael Ennis um, said the Warriors um, – they were in the way or something to that effect pretty much. And that was all that was really said about them. They went on to talk about this racial abuse story, which I don't deserve. I don't think deserves any more airtime than it has been given. Um, we'll give it a quick mention. I mean, there's a couple of idiots that have been ejected from the game for racial slurs, but the amount of attention that the media gives it over there, it's like, well, that's what's bringing the game more into disrepute, I would have thought. So, yeah, I'm a little bit, little bit disappointed, to be honest, in, in respect to that. But, um, um, I think on, on on the positive note for the Panthers, I mean, they are a club that's going to make history um, by all accounts by perhaps winning 10 in a row this weekend. And um, also Cleary, I reckon he's on target for Daily and Player of the Year. Yeah, now there's a little bit of an issue with him with the Daily M is um, there's a rule for Daily M's that if you are suspended um, at any time, you get points deducted. So he's getting six points deducted for uh, the TikTok thing at the beginning, but... All the players that were around him um, are out injured at the moment, so I think he's going to have no problems making up that that discrepancy. Um, so I think, yeah, if you're a betting man, I, I'd quite comfortably put money on him to get Daly M still. And ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Cameron Smith, uh, Mitchell Moses, Harry Grant, and um, Luke Carey, who was now out injured after the weekend. So those are the four players that are in and around um, Ivan, uh, sorry, Nathan Cleary um, for the Daly M Player of the Year. Um, I don't expect to see Sean Johnson's name there, but I mean, he's been playing some good football and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And definitely as a halfback, uh, if we have a look at some of the stats, which we'll go through, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's unbelievable how he wouldn't even get a mention um, considering some of the stats that he's managed to generate this year. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, we'll move on from the Warriors game. Um, we had Friday night, we had the Eels versus the Dragons. Uh, the Dragons' last game for Paul McGregor and before he was leaving the club. Uh, and, you know, they came out winners, 14 points to 12 against the Eels side, which has been suffering in the last few weeks. Um, Brad, what, how, how did you see this one play out? Yeah, it wasn't a result I um, expected, but it was good to see the Dragons decide to step up and um, make McGregor's last game a good one. And um, the Eels, I think my, my biggest issue for the Eels and what is going to plague them for the rest of the season now is their, their try-scoring machine, Sevo on the wing got exposed defensively very, very heavily. And I think we're going to see a lot of teams start targeting him now because Ravalawa was against him and he looked the more experienced, more devastating um, winger. And they're both as inexperienced as each other. So it's, yeah, defense is going to be an issue for him. I think we've seen that with a few big wingers. But, um, yeah, I think the Eels, I don't know if they just took the Dragons too lightly or – the Dragons just really wanted to make um, the last-ditch effort for McGregor. Well, hey, look, the Eels, they're going to be dropping. They could drop out of the top four, um, and they've got the Storm this week. So that was a lucky escape. Um, and it was also a lucky escape, really, to be fair, against the Sharks last week. So imagine that. If they, they've lost the Sharks. They lost this one. They lose the Storm, losing three in a row. Whew. You wouldn't put them as um, the top two teams of the of the round, would you? Um, after, or you wouldn't put them as the top two teams after this round. Um, but anyway, that, that, that game hasn't yet to be played. Um, we'll have a look at that on um, next week on uh, episode 13 because um, we'll watch that game on Thursday. But on Saturday night, we had the Sharks taking out the Titans, 30 points to 18. And, you know, a, a pretty a pretty decent game, um, marred from the fact that uh, Proctor had a bit of a feed on the pitch. Yeah, I think um, up until that point, I think the Titans were right in the game. And I would have... I, I could have confidently said that they might have come away victors if Proctor hadn't been sent off. Um, we will never know. But I think they they really, despite the performances, a bit like a team we're going to talk about a bit later in the Bulldogs, where um, they are playing above their weight and really putting an effort in. And um, I think they're definitely going to be a team to look out for next year. Um, unfortunately for this year, though, it looks like Jai Arrow is out for the season who is their big forward right now. Um, so a bit unfortunate there, but um, Johnson hurt himself too for the Sharks, but he looks to be okay. And um, he's really playing some football. I mean, he had a great game again on the weekend, leading the competition in try assists. 
Um, I would say almost another man of the match performance on the weekend as well. I'm to go with um, his last few four to five weeks of football. He's one of the top halves in the comp running around at the moment, you'd have to say, Brad. I think so. I think that especially over the last month or so, um, he's really seemed to become a consistent half, which has kind of been the bugbear for Warriors fans because we were screaming to see him be consistent here. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, it shows how dangerous a footballer he is and the fact that he can do it week in, week out now makes the Sharks a very good team. Well, he's running behind a different pack, isn't he? Like, I mean, I guess the he will come back to saying the reason I was inconsistent perhaps in Auckland or, or for New Zealand Warriors or for that matter was the fact that, you know, he, he, he would he would probably say that he wasn't getting the ball that he is getting um, behind the Sharks pack. And uh, I think that that's got, there's some truth in that because he does look a little bit more freer around the ruck when he is playing for them. And of course, he's not he's not that young buck 20-year-old anymore either. So he's probably lost a little bit of pace, to be fair. I mean, I was watching some of his highlights. I don't think he's fast as what he used to be, to be fair. But he's, um, he's, his, his game's becoming more of a smarter game as a halfback. He's picking the gaps, making the right plays at the right time. So, um, yeah, look, I think they're gaining some momentum as well, quietly, the Sharks, you know. That's seven from the last nine now, okay? I know most of those have been against teams below them or in the bottom um, tier of the competition. But they're waiting for Ch Townsend to return. And it should be a goodie this weekend versus the Panthers. And they must start well um, if they're going to win that one. Yeah, I think this is where we veer off and disagree. Um, I, I, I know the Sharks are a good team, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs very long. They haven't beaten the top eight team yet um, all year. Um, no one above them they've beaten. So theoretically, that means they're exactly where they should be on the ladder because they beat everyone below them, can't beat anyone above them. But um, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll have a better indication on how they'll go in the Panthers this week. Yeah, it'll be a very interesting game. I'm really looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, in terms of the Titans, they're just getting better and better, um, and they look good. 11 line breaks at the weekend. So, you know, Justin Holbrook and the lads, they're doing a good job. But we'll move on now to Saturday evening where we have the Cowboys and the Brabados and pretty much um, a very, very, uh, very, very entertaining game of rugby league, perhaps the match of the round. Um, and yeah, the Rabbitohs end, uh, ending up victors, thirty-one points to thirty. Brad. Yeah, I, I agree with it being the match of the round. It was very entertaining. Um, was a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, the Rabbitohs would never have dreamed to be winning that one by a field goal um, before the game started, and I don't think anyone watching would have been. Um, confident that the Cowboys would do that well but uh, Michael Morgan after giving him a bit of, bit of grief last week um, he had a, a lot better yeah, showing he had a great game so it's it's good to see I think the Cowboys can take some confidence in that and um, their, their little fullback slash winger um, the Hammer he he's now they, they say he's now the fastest player in the NRL and um, right, yes, he, he has a bit of a speed to that fellow and he he looks like he doesn't even change gear. Um, his ten point five eight seconds, um, hundred meters and ten point five eight or something ridiculous like that. Sorry to interrupt, Brett. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, devastatingly fast. And I think at the moment in his young career, putting him on the wings probably the best thing for him because they can get him that space that he needs with that pace. And um, you get him a little bit of space and give him the ball, and I don't see many people being able to catch up. No, he certainly had a great game, but um, Anna Riddles uh, had a fantastic game as well, obviously kicking the winning field goal, orchestrating play, um, setting up a try for himself as well up the middle. So um, it was a really um, entertaining game, like you say. One perhaps that the Cowboys should have won, though, I felt that they were certainly the team um, that was had all the momentum at the back end. Um, quite a few misconversions and just silly seven-tackle errors as well, um, letting the Rabbitohs just drift up the field and... You know, they didn't need too many attempts at it, and they got down there, and bang, they kicked the one-pointer and come away with the victory. Um, too much dismay of uh, Cowboys fans. Yeah, I think I think when you finish a game and you've scored more tries than your opponents, but you still lose. That's um, devastating. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be a huge hit to your confidence. Um, so I'm sure Kyle Fouts um, probably put a few more extra hours into his goal-kicking this week. I think that was the case. Um, the Sharks, I think, against the Eels, wasn't it? They scored more tries than the Eels last week. They scored three tries to two, and we had the um, Sharks not being able to, Johnson not being able to plop over a conversion. So similar sort of instance, ladies and gentlemen, in this one. So the Cowboys, yeah, well played, um, playing for pride. So good or good on them. They look like they're getting better, and hopefully they'll um, be there or thereabouts next season. 
Moving on to yeah. the other Saturday night fixture, ladies and gentlemen, we had the Raiders thumping the Broncos 36 points to eight. Um, again, Broncos absolutely disappointing. Uh, couldn't really expect much from them. They're really on a hiding to nothing at the moment. They look down and out, no Seabold. The, 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 the captain is calling them an embarrassment. Um, Payne Haas at the weekend, obviously, he's got issues now. So, hey, what is it to say about Brisbane, Brad? Where do you go to from here? Oh, you just throw it in a bin and set it on fire, really. Um, I don't I don't know what's happened at that club, but they need to completely start from scratch. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, we, we all kind of expected this type of um, score before the game happened, but um, they showed up in the first half. They were actually leading at halftime. And um, something happens at halftime to them, which is just makes them go kaput because we've seen in most of the games at halftime, they just lose it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's a, a lack of confidence. Well, they can't be that confident with how their season's gone, but there seems to be some mental weakness there, which um, is usually a brush that the Warriors get tarred with because normally the Warriors, as they say, 60 minutes, if you stick with the Warriors, you'll beat them in the last 20. And um, <laughs> that's thankfully doesn't seem to be happening anymore, but it seems to be that with the Broncos, that if you keep within them at, by half time, you got them in the second half. Yeah, unfortunately, like, um, you know, no one likes to be wooden spooners, but they probably unfortunately do deserve it this year. Um, the way that the clubs uh, played and the way that things have gone for them, they probably, um, for the first time in their history, look like they may get the wooden spoon. Um, and that would be disastrous for the Brisbane Broncos club. Very proud club at that, but. Um, every every week we're on, we're, we're unfortunately not being able to say too many um, positive things about them, unfortunately. So, yeah, look, um, just in, the, in regards to Payne House, yeah, crush a tackle two to three weeks. He's looking out on the sidelines. There's also another blow to their squad, and he's pretty much the best player at the moment at 20 years of age, I think. So, um, look, we'll move on to um, Sunday's fixtures. We had the Knights versus the Seagulls and another fantastic game, a tight game, a high, high try scoring, entertaining game at that. 26 points to 24, Brad. Um, and yeah, uh, really, uh, this weekend we really saw uh, the fullback make his mark on on this uh, Sea Eagles outfit. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Ponga had a great game. Um, I think Blake Green there now. Like we love talking about Blake Green. Um, I think him being there has taken a lot of pressure off Ponga and um, Kurt Mann moving into number nine. He's been playing really well there, which. I've never been I've never been a hooker, so I don't know. But Michael Innes has said that it's such a hard position to just get thrown into if you're not a natural hooker. So the fact mm. that they've got a number That's six. So the yeah, the fact that he's moved into nine and s- still playing well is um is kudos to what a talent he actually is. Yeah, look, Manly, um, they came out, they were pretty brave. You know, they were leading 12-0 at one point, and they started very well. But unfortunately, a lot of areas throughout the game, and uh, they just, in the end, got beat up on that left side as well, I think, quite physically dominated. And uh, Ponga that, and Green, that's where they were sort of hanging around uh, at the back end of that uh, ruck. And, you know, they they just tore them apart. And unfortunately, whilst they scored quite a few tries to compete with uh, Newcastle, they just couldn't match them physically. I felt that that's where the game was lost. And I think that they really need a little bit of speed back and they'll be waiting for Tommy, who I think is two weeks away. Yeah, two weeks. So they, I think in a fortnight we might see um, the Seagulls get a bit of a run maybe. Uh, but yeah, for the next two weeks without Tommy Turbo, I think they're going to have some more heartbreak. Yeah, the Knights are on top on target for a top eight finish, obviously. Back-to-back wins now after a couple of sloppy performances in the middle there. So they're looking like that they will make the eight. Um, and it's been the first time in a long time. I don't know how far they will go. But um, if they can get there, they're another one of these sides that with the likes of Ponga, Green, Pierce, they can make a game of it. So we'll just have to wait and see for them. Hasler, um, he had another go, like we said, at the refs. <laughs> yeah, uh, just joking in the end. So um, there won't be any um, bank account transfers from his end. So... Um, thankfully for him. But um, on Sunday, we had the West Tigers, uh, 29 points to 28, another drop kick, uh, winning a game. And we had the Benji brothers going out of bread. Yeah, um, this one was an interesting game. It was, again, another game like the Cowboys one where it was a lot closer than it should have been. Um, but I was sitting there secretly going for the Bulldogs. It was going to cost me a pick. Um, but it, it did mean that the Bulldogs would finally get off the bottom of the ladder. Unfortunately, um, it didn't happen. 
Um, I think, though, if Kieran Foran had stayed on the field, I think the Bulldogs would have walked away winners here and basically ruined any chances the Tigers had of making the top eight. Yeah, I think, look, I'll be honest with you. I think the Tigers' chance of the top eight, I don't think that they are um, anything too great. I think that they will miss the eight. But regardless of that, yeah, a fantastic game from the um, Canary Bank Sound Bulldogs. I mean, they've had a really tough season as well. Kieran Foran did play well, and I have to agree with you. I think that him leaving the pitch with that injury definitely um, turned the game uh, in, the, in, the, in the Tigers' favour. And again, it was another case of just like the Cowboys game, they, they should have won this, the Bulldogs, I felt. Um, you know, they 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 came back from a really huge deficit to score something like twenty two points to nothing, um, and you know the momentum was all there, just like it was for the Cowboys. Um, but just pipped at the post by someone who could kick a field goal because of the, the the Bulldogs did have a couple of shots at it, and they were just unable. And I believe um, Benji's brother had a shot at, at field goal today. He did, yeah. He he is a good little talent, but he's just a little bit inexperienced at the moment. Um, I think he was. Yeah, I think you'll see him um, show up a bit more regularly next season. I think he'll quite possibly push himself into the starting role. Um, just where that is going to be, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, look, I mean, like I said, the Tigers, the reason why I say it's going to be difficult to make that, I mean, they're run home. Um, they've got the Roosters, Panthers, Eagles, Rabbitohs, Storm, then Eels. Ouch. That yeah. is going to take some team to come across those and with favourable results. They probably need to win at least four to five of those six games. And I don't see that happening, unfortunately, for Michael Maguire and Benji Marshall. So, no. um, but the Bulldogs, yeah, look, playing much better than their ladder position. And had Foran, got, had Foran not gone out into the definitely, I think they would have won that game. Um, yeah. Luke Brooks, though, um, you know, stepping up and getting the field goal for um, the Tigers, he definitely needed to have a, a big game. Um, but he's been getting paid the big bucks and he did come up with a big play at the weekend, Brad. Yeah, I suppose that's what you kind of pay your money for, um, the big bucks to have a match winner, and that's what he was. Um, he, he's a bit rocks and diamonds still, I think, for me, but I think as a Tigers fan, when you're that close and you need someone to um, step up, I think they're very happy that he has. Nice, and that covers off our round 14, and we'll jump into our round 14 picks. Um, Brad, and we saw that, um, unfortunately, again, I think for a fourth week in a row, You've um, beaten me by one game, I think, in each of those weeks, I think. I think there was one round one round in the middle there where we even Stevens, but you're now leading. No, I'm still leading, but you got me this round because of the, the Warriors one. You got me by oh. one. Oh, I got you this round. Okay, sorry, I was reading that wrong. Okay, so five five out of eight versus six out of eight. So, yes, you had um, you had the um, Warriors uh, down to beat the Panthers. Thanks very much. I'll take the one point. So I gained one on you this week, um, and therefore – Leaves us at 62 versus um, 66 out of 88 games. Definitely, yeah. So it's still it's still close, I, I guess. And uh, we've got some viewer questions there, Paul, today. Yep, absolutely. Um, Jordan asks from the live chat, do you think the NRL can police the crusher tackle? Um, and will some mitigating factors alleviate a lot of long suspensions? Oh, Brad. It's a good question. They've um, recently just changed the gradings. So um, for all the the infringements you do, they have a point system. And the more points you get, sorts out um, how long you could be gone for. And they've actually, for the crusher tackle, they've increased the points it has which um, I think that basically means if you get a, a crusher tackle, now you're oh, almost guaranteed to see some time. And uh, I think the NRL's... Weeks, isn't it? Yeah, two weeks. So I think the NRL's idea on it is by increasing that, it's going to reduce players doing it. We'll see if that actually happens. But um, yeah, it's a hard one because um, a lot of the crusher tackles aren't done on purpose. It's just the way the body moves. And it, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. That's yeah, not really an answer. One. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a difficult one, though, Brad. Like you say, um, uh, crusher tackle in the, in the in the sport of rugby league. Yeah, it's not something that is always controlled. It's not something done deliberately, like you say, on occasion. So, yeah, there is a bit of a grey area with that one, unfortunately. Um, then one from me, actually. Uh, is it time you talk about the close games here? 
uh, and uh, the, even if you're closer, you get no rewards. So is it time for the NRL to introduce losing bonus points? I don't think so. Brad, yeah. what do you think? No, I don't think so. I think, like, you know, this is a sport that has never had the bonus point system in it. It doesn't need it. I think if you look at the calibre of the games played at the weekend, I think besides two of the games, I mean, even the Roosters game for that matter, there's only one game that wasn't really pleasant to the eye, and that was the Broncos game. All of the other games were fantastic games of football at the weekend. And, you know, I, we've got golden point. Yeah, I just don't think there's a need for a bonus point system. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think they'll want to get into a situation where you've got an eighth place team that's lost more games than a ninth place team and the ninth place team gets the boot when you get to playoffs um, just because that eighth place team lost by a try three more times more. Um, It'd be actually funny to see how many bonus points the Warriors would have racked up over the years because <laughs> they've actually been on the um, receiving end of many a game where they've just lost it. And they could have made the eight heaps of time, so maybe they should bring it in. We're <laughs> <laughs> just changing direction. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe preempt what you're talking about, guys. But are there any internationals uh, talking about later? But are there inter any international schedules? Jordan asks. At not the at moment, the not at the moment. I think um, at the moment the NRL all they care about at the end of the season is Origin, and they don't really care about the international game right now. And I think there um, there's probably concerns from the the New Zealand side that a lot of those players want to come home and might not be able to get back into Australia for an international game. And at the moment, with how everything is here, I don't see our government letting players from Australia or Tonga come over here. I thought so, I thought there was a rumor of a Kiwis Tonga game, but um, maybe well, well there, maybe, there's maybe, rumors, maybe. but nothing. There was confirmed. rumor of a there was rumors of a rugby league versus rugby union test match have we heard anything about that since that time no i think everyone put that to bed rather quickly didn't they true that's it guys yeah. no worries well look, thanks for that, that, for that paul well um we've got round 15 coming up this weekend um but i think we'll uh paul if you've got the table there um like usually have a look at the standings of the round um but we'll just crack into round 15 well we get that oh here we go so yeah, basically, uh, as of at, at the end of round fourteen, we've got the Panthers on top, um, looking for their tenth straight this weekend. Storm Eels and Roosters make up the top four. Raiders, Knights, Sharks, and the Rabbitohs making up the probable eight. Brad leading us into the bottom tier teams. Yeah, which we see the the Tigers, Seagulls, Dragons, Warriors from nine to twelve, with the Titans, Cowboys, Broncos, Bulldogs at the bottom of the pack. And yeah, pretty much you would probably have to say that yeah. Um, those top 10 teams now you would probably suggest have a crack at making the top eight. Last week, I think it was 11 we sort of agreed on. And the week before that, we may have even given 13th place a chance. But realistically, you would probably, ladies and gentlemen, see your top eight consists of the teams from one to 10. And most likely, the top eight is pretty much what you're looking at right there, I would suggest. Slim chances for the Warriors and the Dragons. They can still make it. But um, they'd have to also hope for results in their favour from other teams as well, because with the Warriors points differential um, at negative 137, they would have to be well, they'd have to be beating the eighth position, not just on points, uh, not just points for and against. They'd have to be beating on actual competition points, you would feel, to get into the um, top eight. Yeah, I think the only team in the top eight that isn't safe right now is the Rabbitohs. I, I think um, the Rabbitohs are probably the only ones that will drop out. The Tigers, I've written off already with that draw that you've shown. There's, I don't see them getting enough wins to sneak up. Um, Seagulls, depending on how well they go once they get their players back, um, they do have a chance. The Warriors' draw isn't actually that bad now. So if things go their way, they could. But, yeah, I think maybe maybe one team might slip in, boot the Rabbitohs out if the Rabbitohs don't um, keep wins coming along. Yeah, I'd say that that would be a pretty fair assessment. I'd have to agree. I think that the Rabbitohs are the only team that could potentially drop out of that eight. Okay, the Knights haven't been playing the best football um, over the last month or so, but they have now got back-to-back -back victories in the last two weeks. So, you know, they're potentially, and Green's just gotten there, so maybe they're just going to get better and better. So, now look, um, we'll have to uh, wait and see, but we'll go into the round 15 and have a look at what that looks like, ladies and gentlemen. On Thursday night, we've got the Eels versus the Stormen, which promises to be another um, humdinger of a top-of-the-table clash. Um, the Eels on downward spiral at the moment, though, and at the moment, I can't believe the Storm are actually paying $2.30 for 
to the Eels dollar sixty two, Brad. Yeah. So who have you got for this? Oh, I'm going to back in the Storm. Um, I think that the Storm are going to be too clinical. That they, they took out the Roosters um, on the weekend, and you know they did it with you know with a consummate amount of ease. So yeah, I'm going to go for the Storm. Eh? Who are you backing in this one? I'm going with the Eels. So okay, I see. Um, yes, well, you're going for the odds on, but um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I think I think the Storm have got a great shot of walking away with the win here. But I think a full a full Eels roster against a, a Storm roster missing some of its stars, they might just have a slight edge. Yeah, you never know. It'll be an interesting game at that though on Thursday on Friday night. We've got uh, another eagerly anticipated game in my opinion. Anyway, they've got the Panthers versus the Sharks. Panthers odds on, and I will take the Panthers for the win. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd be very keen to see. The Sharks do well in this one. If they are going to make a goal of 2020, this will be the point where they'll, they'll be talking to themselves this week as well. Johnson and the team, you know, if they can, you know, knock off the Sharks, and they'll be, they'll bode well for them um, for them to try and win the competition if they've got a chance in 2020. What do you say, Brad? Yeah, I'm going with the Panthers as well, but this is really the, the step up point for the Sharks. This will definitely tell them if they've got what it takes to um, go deep in playoffs or not, judging on how they play. Absolutely. Um, on Friday, we've got um, uh, the Broncos versus the Dragons. Um, I've got the Dragons down for this one. I don't think there needs to be too much said about that. Um, it'd be good if the Broncos perhaps can get a victory or two under their belt, but um, the way that the Dragons played last week and the way that they've been playing this season is a little bit better than the Broncos, so it's a no-brainer. Yeah, for me. I don't see the Broncos getting another win this year, so I'm going with the Dragons. Cool. On Saturday, we've got the Titans versus the Raiders. Um, I, the Titans haven't done enough for me to suggest that they're going to beat the Raiders this weekend. So oh, I've got the Raiders on. well and truly. <laughs> I mean, I've backed them quite a bit this season. And, um, <laughs> you know, I really have, um, you know, spoken, you know, talked them up because I think they're an up and coming side. I think they're going to be really good over the next couple of years. But I just don't see them beating a Raiders team, which is resurgent now, um, heading towards the final series. And they're looking better and better um, all of a sudden. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting um, top four, top eight scenario this year. And um, we've got some exciting rugby league ahead of us. Um, but, yeah, um, definitely. On Saturday, Brad, who else have we got? Uh, we got the, on Saturday, we've got the Tigers paying 310 to go up against the Roosters paying $1.37. So I've gone with the Roosters in this one. Yes, I'll take the Roosters as well. I think that the Roosters are going to be too strong. Um, for the Tigers, um, and unfortunately, I think this will be the beginning of the end for Benji and the boys in 2020. However, um, you know, uh, on, to, on, on the flip side, they need to win this one. So it'll, it'll be an interesting contest. It's a local derby, East versus West. So, um, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, definitely. And then um, the last game on Saturday is the Rabbitohs paying $1.35 against the Seagulls paying three twenty-five. I've um, gone with another R team. I've gone with the Rabbitohs again. Um, I yes. think yeah, Seagulls too many injuries still. Yeah, I'll go, I'm going to go off the rabbits as well. I think um, you know until Tommy Trevojevic comes back and a few other players, um, they're still uh, lacking depth. Unfortunately, Manly. If they had a full roster, I reckon they'd be a top six team this year. If they had a full roster on the park at all times, um, they would they would be a threat. I would say, but you know with the injuries that they've had, unfortunately, it just puts them down that ladder um, to where they are right now. And so yeah, I'll back in the rabbitos. And on Sunday we've got the um, We've got the Bulldogs versus our Warriors. Um, interesting game because, the, as you saw, the Bulldogs, they're not going to just um, turn up every week and just you know give you two competition points, unfortunately. So that's what we need this weekend. But this is one of those scary games for the Warriors, Brad. Like, I mean, it's it's one of those games which we, we'd, we'd expect to win it after the last four weeks of play, you'd say. You know, we I'll back them in. I'm going to go for the Warriors. Um, but oh, it could be a, it could be a tight tussle, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know we, we we lose this one. Yeah, like Jordan said there, um, we'll probably lose to the Bulldogs to cement that inconsistency tag. Um, it is. I, I'm back in the Warriors here. They should win. I hope they win, but it is a game they might lose. Um, they've lost some players this week, um, so Patrick Herbert's out. Um, Haynes Perham's come in, so it'll be good to see the young guy get a bit of a run. But um, I th they should have enough. It's They've shown that grit, which at the moment the Bulldogs, they're, they're showing that they've got it there for almost the whole game. So as long as the Warriors have it for a little bit more, they should be fine. Yeah, I think that it should be a, a, a very, very interesting clash as well. Like um, Even though they're bottom of the table, 
um, they'll be wanting to get off there and the Warriors are still wanting to try and progress this season. So definitely um, one to keep an eye on. Uh, following that game, we've got the Knights versus the Cowboys. I'm taking the Knights on this one to continue their uh, winning form, go up there and win the two points um, yeah. and come away with it. Same here. I think, yeah, Cowboys showed some promise, but I think the Knights have um, finally righted their ship as they're looking at um, playoffs. So I think they're going to start putting some performances together. And we've got some news from across the uh, across the world in the Super League there, Brad. We've got Wigan defeating Leeds 28 points um, to 10 to stay on top of the table. Yeah, so um, it's kind of looking at the moment like their competition to lose. Um, a little bit biased. I'm a Wigan fan, so... I, I'm not I'm not too disappointed with that. Um, but also, Helen Salford's games were delayed due to the COVID scare we talked about last week. Um, they've reshuffled the draw, so uh, Wakefield's now facing Catalans and Castleford's taking on St. Helens to give Helen Salford some um, a little bit more time to recover. I believe none of them, have, Salford have had no positive tests, which is good, but Hull still have those six cases. So it's still watch the space with what happens with Hull but um, how FC, I should say as well, since there's two of them over there. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, to see yeah, definitely. well, that brings us to the conclusion of our show, ladies and gentlemen, this evening. Thank you for joining us. Um, it's been interesting and exciting as ever to bring you the round 14 news, wrap up uh, our preview round 15 and the top stories of the week. Uh, Brad, the ladies and gentlemen that were unable to tune in tonight, they can also catch us via our podcast. That's right. So on iHeartRadio or Facebook, just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And we'll be back here next Wednesday to preview the table, look at round um, 16 and cover up round 15. And we'll catch up with you on that occasion, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much and good evening. Good evening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 